What's up, what's up, what's up, everyone? You are listening to the Not Quite Foreign Podcast, two multicultural queens discussing multicultural things with a dose of realness, dopeness, and get your shit togetherness. I'm your host, Esther Ye, and I'm here with my co-host, Sochi. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Not Quite Foreign Show. Um, on that first episode now probably a month ago and we just did a quick little temperature check um but today we are back in full effect with more topics um something i think that's really cool and worth talking about today um so we'll get into that a little later but such you want to start off with if you don't know now you know yeah um so my if you don't know now you know is going to be different from what you know i normally have been doing um but today like you know something really spoke to me about um, cause you know, we have a lot of people who feel encouraged by our show, um, about what we talk about. And I just wanted to, you know, this past week, it's just been reminded of how it's so easy to forget, um, God's love for you. It's so easy to forget, you know, that, um, God is constantly thinking about you, even though like your current situation doesn't seem that way. Um, but today I was reminded that, you know, God is thinking about you all day every day even in the even even when it doesn't seem like it even when your today doesn't look any bright but just trusting and believing that you know he's got you and you know you're gonna be all right so uh jeremiah 29 11 you know so that's something that really stuck out to me today that i had to really ponder on um you know he knows the plans that he has for your life he knows um, the plans to not harm you, but to give you a better future. So I just wanted to encourage somebody out there today, you know, who just feels like, you know, life is just not moving the way they would like it to. So stay encouraged, y'all. Keep chugging away. So if you did not know, now you know. Okay. All right. That's cool. Thank you, Tosi, for encouraging those who um, subscribe to, you know, to, to our beliefs and um, who will get encouraged by that word. Well, um, let's jump into the topic for today, the situation room, which um, is a really, really, I think, personal topic for me. Um, I definitely don't want to speak for you, Sochi, so I'd love to hear, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it. Um, But basically, I wanted to kind of touch on something that was inspired by the interview that Lupita Nyong'o had with Oprah. Um, This was October 26th, I think. There was an interview that Lupita had with um, Oprah to discuss her new book called Sulaway or Sulaway. Um, and the book is about a five-year-old girl who basically faces colorism. And so um, and it was a really provocative interview. It was wonderful <laughs> the way Lupita is always so wonderful and so elegant. But it was just, you could tell it was a really personal conversation. And I thought, you know, our show is about blackness. It's about blackness on this continent, which is the United States <laughs> and America. And it's about blackness on um, our home continent, which is Africa. And I think a major topic um, that could be, <laughs> could come up in any room and have, people have a lot to say is colorism. And so I thought that it was really important for us to talk about colorism because we haven't on the show yet. Um, and it definitely is going to touch both worlds. And so if you haven't seen that interview of Lupita, you should definitely check it out. I saw it on YouTube. Where'd you see it? Um, I listened to it on Oprah's uh, podcast. Oh, Super yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, it was longer. On the podcast? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So like, so it's on there. It's in a lot of different places. It's a really good interview. Um, 
And so let me start off with just kind of giving you the definition of colorism, and then I'm just gonna throw some questions out. We can both kind of just talk about, you know, things um, that we felt <laughs> watching the interview, kind of what we've experienced when it comes to colorism. So for those of you who are listening who may not be of a certain cultural background, or if you just may not have known about this, colorism, by definition, by Wikipedia, <laughs> is discrimination based on color, um, skin color, also known as colorism, or shadism, is a form of prejudice or discrimination, usually from members of the same race, in which people are treated differently based on the social implications from cultural meanings attached to color. So that's a lot of a lot of English and grammar to say it is basically when the same race kind of judges and is, discriminates against its own <laughs> um, based upon complexion, based upon how you look and the color of your skin. Um, and it's a big thing in the black community. It also was coined, if you wonder like where the term colorism came from. So originally, it's thought to originally have come from um, the writer Alice Walker, who's a Pulitzer Prize winner. So um, definitely something that came from a intellectual mind. Um, and so um, when you hear colorism, so actually, like, what do you like, what's your, what comes to mind? Uh, light skin, dark skin. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> really? That's simple, yeah. Light skin, dark skin. I mean, yeah. I mean, I didn't know it was a thing till like a few years ago, you know, where it actually had a terminology for it. But, you know, just, I guess, growing up and being African, you know, that colorism, you realize how, how loud it is, especially in the Nigerian community. You know, like, people that are lighter are praised than those that are darker. You know, so, like, you, that's something I struggled. Well, I wouldn't say I struggled with it much. Um, but I wasn't blind to it. Yeah. I wasn't blind to it. I think, um, you know, from a young age, you know, I was aware of how being lighter, you know, you had more privilege. Because even in my family, like, my siblings, like... I mean, they're not dark. I mean, it's kind of like repeated situation where everyone in her family was dark, but there was a spectrum. Like, none of them mm. were light, light, but they were, like, I'm dark. I'm darker than most. I'm darker than most, lighter than some. So, like, my my two siblings were, I would say, like, they're caramel. At least when they were younger, they were caramel before we went to Nigeria, where, you know, the sun kind of beats up on you a little bit and me and my last born we are like dark like ebony like what some people call ebony black and you know as kids like you know you don't even think much of it you're just like okay but we would we differentiated ourselves so like you know we would call each other so like me and my brother like we would separate ourselves like you know blacky blacky and whitey whitey (laughs) you know that's how we kind of like you know differentiated out and like you know we kind of me and my younger brother we kind of you know, stuck together. My yeah. sister and my other brother, you know, they kind of, you know, but we weren't even, I mean, we didn't really know. Gotcha. But it, I mean, you just look at, okay, there's a difference between our skin tones, yeah. you know. I, me and my youngest brother, my youngest brother is actually dark, darker than all of us. Um, he's a little snack too. I mean, he's, he's a, a little snack. snack. You know, I mean, if you follow my brother on Instagram, you probably know, and a lot of my friends do. Yeah, I'm like, what is <laughs> What do you do? Talk about my time. I'm like, who that? I know that dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, we weren't aware of it. And my yeah. mom, she's she's not dark skin. She's brown skin. Mm-hmm. So it was hard for me to like really relate. 
whenever she would call me beautiful mm-hmm. because I'm like, you don't know the struggles of being dark because, like, you know, I mean, you're not light skin, light skin, yeah. but you know, you're brown. So, like, either way, like, you always have preference. Mm-hmm. You, know, you always have preference over over certain things. So, like, I had to learn how to um, bestow, like, what Lupita said, like, bestow that terminology onto myself and accept myself. Mm-hmm. You know, so I never allow people to define what my what my what beauty meant or what beauty was to me you know i had to learn that and it took a long time like i feel like i finally got comfortable with my skin maybe like about 10 years ago yeah i mean still a long time but but i mean i realized that you know if if i was waiting for people to you know define that for me i would still be you know I would still be insecure in who I was. Mm. And I'm at a point where I'm like, man, you can't tell me nothing. Even in Nigeria, when they, I remember when I went home uh, a few months ago, no, a few years ago, and um, I was in Joss with my with my cousins, and I was like, yo, why is it that dark-skinned men like to marry, you know, light-skinned women? Like, it's a thing. It's a thing. Like, it's a sure. thing back home. Like, it's a thing. Like, why do? And he told me straight up, uh-uh, do you want your kids to look like you, as black as you? Whoa! That was the and mind you, he's dark skinned man too. The, he wow. he's dark he he's darker than me because he's been he's been under the wow, sun. Right. And you know, I felt like I'm like I felt like I was shot at yeah. you know, but I had to remember like this guy's ignorant. Yeah, he already hates himself. Yeah. So whenever I see people and like you can call it a preference, you can call it whatever you want, but you know, um, when I see people like that, I'm like they haven't fully accepted who they are. Yeah. So it's easy for them to want to you know diffuse that situation and you know diffuse it early on so their kids don't have to go through it because. They haven't fully accepted, you know, their color yeah. or be okay with it. Because, I mean, for me, like, oh, my gosh, I would love my daughter to be as dark as I am. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I pray for that, you know, so that I can be able to to show her, you know, what it is to be proud in your yeah. own skin. What it is to walk, you know, with your head held down, not worry about what anybody says, cause your skin or whatever, you know. Because you're going to get it. It's not going to change despite, you know, what's being, you know, what I mean, despite... um what's going on in society and despite like you know everything that's happening and people trying to you know um glorify dark skin and whatnot but there's always going to be that people who's going to make you feel less than just because your skin is darker you know but you have to like you have to solidify you know your own standard of beauty you know and accept you know know that you know what i don't know like yeah man so that's something that you know i've had to i've learned over the years and i'm definitely proud of like my my skin you know and i think i think when you show that like when you show that that pride you know it starts to radiate and people starts to feed off of that the people start to feed off of that you know what i'm saying like they see they see what you see yeah and that's why i think it's important for you to be able to dispose this bestow it upon yourself and accept it because that's that joint just shines right through yeah that's real. That's some. That was you said a word. You said a lot of words, which I I really connected with, and that's that's real. I think when I think of um, colorism and the term colorism, the first thing I think of is, and you kind of alluded to it with the story about the guy, is self hate, right? And so, um, I have an extreme experience with it, just because I was raised in America, and so that for me, I, and I tell this, I say this often, I, I say this in my writing, and I say this when I am in conversation about it. My first and the most level of discrimination that I felt in my life has actually not come from racism at all. I didn't actually really experience racism until I think, like blatant racism, until maybe my late twenties, post college, right? But the number one rate um discrimination I felt, um, and I did, and I experienced 
immensely was colorism. And that was just being the dark-skinned girl um, in a American school system and in a, in a black American school system, right? I grew up with neighborhood niggas. <laughs> so it wasn't like I grew up with a whole bunch of white people. Um, and the American population is, is a, a huge spectrum, mm-hmm. one of the biggest spectrums of the black <laughs> um, identity there is. And so in classroom, there were plenty of people who were light. There were plenty of people who were dark, but I was considerably darker. Um, my dad is very dark and all of his children came out with his pigment. My mom is actually very fair. Yeah. And so I was, um, I was always shocked by that. that. Yeah. And it's a huge, it was a huge issue. So it made the colorism issue a thing at home and in my personal family life. And then also a thing um, in the school system, the school system, my first experience, and I'll never forget when I was first made aware that I was dark skin. I've always been somebody who had a crush on boys and liked and like was in tune with sexuality and not in a perverted way, just like I knew about attraction. I felt attraction probably since I think they, my first crush was four or five years old. So I always was kind of like really in tune with the admiration of, a, of, of men because I am heterosexual. And so... Um, I remember, I think I was maybe in fifth grade. And so this is when you're starting to really not only just be aware of attraction, but like really want um, validation from the opposite sex. And I was sitting at the lunch table um, in our fifth grade cafeteria. And I remember the boys, neighborhood niggas, (laughs) were sitting at the end and they were rating the girls. And they were just talking about all sorts of the girls. Like, oh yeah, you know, Lakita got big titties, even though her titties probably were still an A cup. But, (laughs) um, and I remember someone saying, what about your Wande? And I, I don't remember the memory at this point in time. So maybe the weight of what was said, Maybe it's because it came from a crush. I can't remember if I do, if it was a crush or not. But um, one of the guys at the end of the table, and I, I was listening. I heard them talking. I heard them chopping it up. And I was just listening. And my name came up. And one of the guys said, it's kind of funny, but kind of not. He was he said, um, um, someone said, what about you want? And he was like, I mean, all right, but we would have to paint that, um, spray paint that booty brown because she's so wow. black. Right? And so at that time, and I remember feeling like, damn like I think that was my first sense of it was confusion I was just like huh I don't understand and that and then it became like a running joke right because yeah all the guys bust out laughing and it became a running joke and that started my awareness of my colorism right or of my dark skin I think I always knew that I was a little fair because at home in Nigerian household it's even to this day, number one comment that people say when they see my mom and then all three of her children is, ah, none of them even got your complexion. <laughs> none of them even got to take after you at all, right? And they're only talking about complexion because I'm built like my mom, right? Like, and my sister, has, and my sister right, has her face. So, but they, that's what they always say. Um, and, and so that's always a thing. So I experienced it a lot, but, and it took a long time to the point where like, probably in the last I don't know somewhere in the last 10 years but more so leaning towards the last six or seven I just fully let go of any um shame I had around being dark skin because prior to it um anyone who made a slight comment um it hurt I felt I was triggered I was sent back to a place where like oh man I'm not adequate enough mm-hmm. um 
And I had to really do some real just, I had to just kind of really do some self-surfing. The world had to change a little bit more too, to be honest. I mean, I started to then see men maturing or women acknowledging the beauty that is dark skin. That wasn't always a thing. I remember, and I talk about you, talk about this with you. One time in college, even you and I were having a conversation and you said to me, I'm not as dark as you. You're like, you were, we're talking about makeup. I think it was the first time mm. you were makeup. You're like, I ain't as dark as you. I ain't dark as you. And then you were joking, but you were serious. And I remember thinking, damn, like, even my closest friends still have that. And I understand now that, like, we didn't, unless you really experienced it, especially in the American system, you may not have realized the trauma Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people didn't realize the trauma they were causing for, or the re-trauma yeah. that people were causing even these young men and so when I started to realize okay this is a systemic thing <laughs> it's beyond me um, it is a form of self-hate not that everyone who's saying it to me is saying it out of self-hate because yeah, people also, said it to me and it's, all, and, it's also, and it's also like cultural right because like I had best of both worlds I grew up in Nigeria and I grew up in America right and the way colorism is in Nigeria, it's not the way colorism is here. You know, where, you know, like for you, like when you, because like, you know, when when the stranger sees us, they're going to think we're both dark. There's no, you know, spectrum. They're going to say, okay, these are two yeah. dark-skinned women, right? But the way, if someone brought that to you, like the way that my affection may be different how it affects me mm-hmm. because of the way I grew up. You know, I grew up in a place where, you know, in Nigeria, you kind of have to stand for yourself mm-hmm. and you can't let, I don't, like, how I describe it is that it's like, the way color is in Nigeria is different from the way color is. Yeah, absolutely. Here. It's a very you know what I'm saying? So like, so, like, for me, like, and I grew up in Nigeria in my formative years, right? So when I came back here and people were saying all the crap to me about me being nervous and, like, I was, like, I didn't even give, like, two, two yeah. issues at all because I already knew that, okay, I already know, okay, I already have some strikes against me because I am dark skin. I'm not going to be the first. I'm not going to be, like, a guy's first option because of my because of my, of my complexion. But I will work on my other attributes you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'll focus on the other things. Kind of like what Lupita was saying. Like, you have more time. Like, because, you know, you know that you're not going to be, you know, a first option or or the world's not going to define you as beautiful. You have more time to develop other skills. And that, but that you know happened for me. That and, happened for me, too, in America, too. Like, I became the funny girl as because or the smart girl because of colorism Mm -hmm. like it's the same process i think i think it is definitely different in the two continents and i that's what i was getting to like i think it's different but um just in my own personal experience i didn't i didn't accept it it still felt like rejection you're still Mm -hmm. very much rejected and in america america is a hypersexualized society and you're and you're it's hypersexualized at a young age they think about sex real early here and, I, and i've mm-hmm. even had experiences with those who were raised back home who said the same thing like it wasn't until mm-hmm. america where i was like oh shit pussy and dick and you know what i mean at a young age they just they think about flirting and things like that but america is a hypersexualized country and so you're made to want to feel valuable to those who you find attractive opposite sex or same sex early and fast and though and that is made that makes you feel valuable as a person and as soon as you realize that that you don't have that as a value point especially women because men are taught to be what growing up strong right mm-hmm. they're they're taught their value is in their strength right and their ability to provide protect women we're taught what our value is in what our beauty mm-hmm. right that's the first thing oh she's so cute or, or not when it's a girl, right? Oh, she's so pretty. That's how you're complimented as a woman. Oh, look at your shape. It's always about your physical. 
it's rare that someone goes, oh, damn, she's so smart. I really want to talk to her. That's not, that's not how we're taught and socialized here. And I think, so when you start to feel this, like, okay, the thing that's supposed to make me valuable is being rejected, you question your value. And that is something that's brought very early on in America upbringing because sexualization and relationships and attraction is hyper and heightened in this culture. And so that's why it took a little longer, I think, for me to be okay um, with it. But believe it or not, Africans were the are were just as bad too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the black bleaching, right? If we if we talk about bleaching, actually Americans I know don't really bleach. Africans do, right? So it's different from a verbal standpoint. I think they're more verbal here, but implicitly we're still doing just as much um um trying to step away from it than than I think we we should be doing. Right, I think that's a, a I think that's a full black thing, and I wonder why that's the case, and like where did colorism really stem from? In <laughs> that face, because like, uh, the white, you know, I, it's true. <laughs> I mean, it is, right? but everyone says it. So, like, so how did it? Like, how did I we mean, get to Africa? How did you? How do you think you got into Africa? No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm literally asking. I know, I know, like, but like, but how? Because we're still the dominant people there, right? Like, I can understand yeah, when you come Yeah, but we've always, but, you know, when the white man came, we always made, we, we glorified them. Yeah. Because we always thought that white was better. So anything that is close to that means that it's better. Yeah. And we adapted and we passed that down. Yeah. Well, some of us did. We no, passed absolutely. that down. You know, we passed that down. So, yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah. That's pretty much, at least that's how, that's my understanding. Yeah. And from what I've seen, like, anything that's closer to white, you know. Is right yeah, <laughs> in the right, minds of the know, black in the, in the minds of black people, you know, like you know, we don't we don't we don't value ourselves. I'm not gonna say we because I'm gonna take myself out of it because I highly value myself, and I think that's why, like, when it comes to colorism, like, it's hard for me to really relate. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because like, for me, like, I don't, I don't. Know, I guess I'm overconfident in my complexion, and I've always been. You know, so like, I can't. It's hard for me to like. You know, I felt like you know, I don't know, like. Was that a journey, though? Because you said something when you were talking, like, I always knew that I wasn't going to be the first that guys would choose. That, yeah. that doesn't I, sound I remember, healthy, I remember, I remember, Well, no, not, not I like now, but, like, I don't think, is that a I don't journey? Think, I, don't, I don't think anything, at least at the time, I don't think it was unhealthy, but I yeah. think it was just, like, okay, I mean, that's even better. So at least, so that at least I can start early on to develop who I am, to know who I am gotcha. outside of my beauty. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I, and I felt like once I got the internal... You know, I'm able to okay. Then beauty can beauty can encompass all of that. Yeah. You know, kind of like what Oprah was saying. Like I really related to what Oprah, and even Lupita was saying. Like when she was saying that um, um, that you know she knew that she wasn't the finest. Yeah. But it took her time to really know who she was. Yeah. And I feel like in knowing who you are, like there's a confidence that comes with that. Yeah. And then she did another interview with this um lady who was deemed to be like the most beautifulest lady in the world at the time during her age. Yeah. So she went off on that. Like she like she, like she depended on that beauty yeah. on on that that she got to 60 and she lost all her beauty. She didn't know who she was and now she had to relearn herself. Yeah. And Oprah said, you know, um yeah, well I see I can't relate because you know, I wasn't considered you know what you were considered mm-hmm. so i had enough time to develop who i was yeah. and then focus on the beauty later yeah. and all that comes together you know yeah. and like yeah it's a journey i guess you would say but you know i guess i don't focus on i don't focus too much because a lot of my formative years um 
it wasn't around that mm-hmm. you know it was because yeah. i cause, and i think it helped because i wasn't in america at the time i think maybe For if sure. i was living in america it may be different mm-hmm. i don't know you know i i've never really i don't really have many conversations with colorism with other people who grew up here um but maybe like hearing from you i don't know maybe it would have been different but because i didn't have that experience you know most of my formative years were in nigeria and yeah you know colorism you know it's there but at least in my age group at the time like in you know from 11 to 17 i mean you talk about other things you know Mm -hmm. i mean you're not really like you're talking about other things you know and it's i don't know like it's it's just different because when i came back here and i saw what people were making fun of other people i'm just like yeah, so in hindsight, stupid. it's so stupid. You know, like so, it's like it's so I was like, so yeah. people have time for this, like, yeah. and I was like, you know what? I don't have time for this at yeah. all. Like, you know, let me just, you know, try. I'm trying to. I came from a different country. Let me just try to figure this out. You Facts. know, you guys can hit me up later. And I think I came at a time where I was getting ready to go to college, so I didn't even have enough time to really form like close friendships because I knew I was going to get that maybe when I get to college. And I think college was a blessing because you see like an array yeah. of different people. You know, so you can choose, like, you know, what circuit you want to be a part of. And people are maturing. And people are maturing. And people are still trying to figure themselves out, you know. So you guys are figuring yourselves out together. Whereas in high school, people already have their cliques. Yeah. You know. Um, But, yeah, I think that's something that, you know, that's worth exploring. But I guess I just never really... The, no. the impact so so here's just and this is something that i thought was really cool so now i was researching for this episode i was like well colorism because that's the thing right there's this there seems to be this um invisible but present line if that makes sense of folks who think the colorism conversation can sometimes just be dark skins women or and men um just complaining right like get over it a lot of times it's that kind of like, oh, stop, you're complaining, no one cares about that anymore kind of thing. A lot of times it's a similar tone that white people give to black people, get over it, no one's talking about that anymore. Like, everyone loves dark skin people, Lupita, yada, yada. But I remember, and I can understand, because if you watch the interview, Lupita started crying during a point in which she, she was reading the the letter. Pr- the letter that the little girl wrote to, um, I think she was writing it to God or whoever, praying, yeah. um, which I thought was just such a... a, a real human moment because Lupita I don't think grew up here right she grew up in Mexico and and around right so which means that when you're just in a different environment it's anywhere can be anywhere um but I remember a couple years ago there was a picture of Lupita flying around the internet um she looked beautiful to me um and to to many but Gilbert Arenas now this is not somebody of who Gilbert Arenas a basketball That's a player. Okay. Um, yes, a basketball player, pretty known, trash dude. But he goes on social media and he says under um, Lupita's picture, like she just doesn't do it for me. Uh, I'm sorry. And it was so, and it was a public thing, and everyone, of course, attacked him. But I could imagine Lupita, and that sense, you know what I mean? Like I'm beautiful. I'm at the height of my beauty. I'm the height of where people are acknowledging me as being gorgeous, um, and see someone like that ignorant mentality you just come and try to like throw that away from me and attack that and that's painful like I I didn't I wasn't Lupita but just the way she choked up at that reading the thing it's like it's still there and in American culture it is really it's a thing right like it's not everyone and you can definitely move I mean I'm called beautiful so I don't even remember no one ever talks about skin flexion anymore like ever mm-hmm. I'm not even that dark anymore like into in comparison to like the beauty that we've kind of come to know right but like um but it's still something in my mind. I'm like, Dag, like, when I see the conversation, I never get involved. I never jump in. But I understand. And I was like, people don't understand how deep this goes. So I saw this, um, this 
good fun to know. And I was like, well, how is this in the in the world of like research, right? Like, like does your dark skin really put you at a disadvantage in this culture, right? Um, so in 2001, between 2001 and 2003, there was this sociologist from Harvard who did a study on um, the dark the impact of dark skin, especially when it comes to the judiciary system, right? Um, and let me just read a little bit, just a little blurb. It says, um, so Ellis Monk is the guy. So look up the Ellis Monk research study on um, complexionism. But after accounting for differences like gender and level of education, he found that African-Americans have um, an overall 36% chance of going to jail at some point in their life, right? Not surprising, we know we're in the jails. 36% of just chance going to jail. Dark-skinned African-Americans, meanwhile, have a 66% chance. That's a full 30% increased chance of going to jail in America just for being darker skin. Compared to 30, 36%, 66%. When you look at the study, the light-skinned person had a 40% chance, like the lightest of people, and the dark-skinned person was upwards of 60-something percent. That's a huge percentage, right? So that means there is something targeted. There is something that's deeper and systemic when it comes to complexionism that while we don't have to talk about it in a superficial way when it comes to like beauty, right? There's something to know about how much the melanated skin <laughs> is hated. And I think that that is something that we should all um, we don't have to stay in trauma. I'm very big on like not staying in trauma. So I understand a level of like, okay, how do you fix and get past it? But it does disturb me sometimes when I hear people, black people, not acknowledge that it's a thing. Like it's a thing and it's a real thing. It's a systemic thing. It's putting people in jail. It's making black women want to kill themselves and not feel valuable. If you look at prostitutes, I bet you if they did a prostitution um, research study just like this, you'd find in the black community, most of the prostitutes would be dark skinned. I guarantee you, when you watch movies from the 90s on up, you think about um, Coming to America, one of the most biggest black African right crossover movies, who was the prize and who was the whole like figures in the movie? The prize was the light-skinned mixed sister. The one who was chasing after the man, the man didn't want to run around with the dark-skinned sister. Whenever you watch sitcoms growing up from, I mean, all my sitcoms, with the exception of maybe like Laura from Family Matters, <laughs> everybody was miraculously mixed. Pam and Gina, who was the classy one that was the love interest? Pam. So like when people, no, Gina. I'm sorry, Gina. Yes, <laughs> Gina. So and I say this to say like you know it's a thing, and I think we all know it's a thing, um, but. I think it's a, it's, it's a real thing to acknowledge in the experience of a black woman and the experience of a dark-skinned black woman that, like, like, you've not been made to feel valuable. So if you don't have the self-confidence, right, if you didn't naturally come up with it, if you couldn't figure it out, or in my mind, I really do believe I know that I'm beautiful. I never felt that I wasn't beautiful. Never once in my entire life from even hearing those guys. I just, I never wanted to change. I never wanted to be light-skinned. I've never done anything to try to be light-skinned. Never even said a prayer to be light-skinned. Like she said, the little girl did. But what I wanted was for people to value what I looked like. I did. Right? Because like, my mom's a debutante. I grew, Nigerian women, we care about looks. The majority of Nigerian women care about looks to the max. Right? So, like, to be beautiful is a, it's something that you're pushed to be. It's something that is, you're taught to make you feel valuable by your mother, mm-hmm. by the women around you, by your friends. Right? You go out and be looking like something. That your friends will be like, wow, you coming out with me? Uh, please stay at home. You know what I mean? Like, maybe when you get to know people. But the average person, even the ones who are dark skin will still judge you, right? Not from complexion, but just for, like, how you look. 
And so as a woman, as, a, as an African woman, you are very much, um, you consider beauty a lot. And, and, and it's something to, to just always keep in mind when you are dealing, when you talk about raising a daughter, right? Or you talk about like, like what we instill in our, in our children is important, but just think about the world that they're going to and how are you really going to equip them um, for the world. I, I, my, me and my mom never had complexion conversations. She didn't know how. She didn't know her daughter wasn't going to look like her or her daughters weren't going to look like her. And I wasn't going to talk to my light-skinned mom about my complexion, right? So, like, what happens when you have complex dynamics like that, right? Like, what, what, does this, what do we as a people need to do to, to nurture every kind of black individual from light to dark, you know? And I think that's something that, like, should be more of a conversation in a healthy way, right? Not in the, the way that I've kind of seen it, which is just kind of like, you just got to be strong. <laughs> I mean, get over, you know? I mean, as you were talking, I was like, I mean, this sounds all good, you know, but at the end of the day, you can't, you, you can't dictate how the world is going to respond. Of course. You have to create your own world at the end of the day, no matter what. Like, I yeah. mean, this has been going on for how many years now? How many centuries? Yeah. You can only change, you can't change the world, but you can change the world around you. Yeah. And that starts with how you're going to communicate with your children. You know, as for me, like, you know, you were talking about, when you are talking about, you know, like the whole beauty, you know, and like friends defining you. And I was just thinking about myself, and I was, I've always been the one, like, I've always been someone, like, who never, like, I would be, like, out of all my friends, I would be the one who'd be looking like a bum, and I would not give two shits. I mean, would you, you really that, not give two shits, or you just No, but I wouldn't, it, I know? wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't allow that to, like, dictate. Like, I, I, I wouldn't. Dictate what? What do you mean? Like, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel insecure or feel any type of way. That's always been, I mean, you know me, like, I mean, like, I've never really been, like, okay, like, oh, I gotta look a certain way, or I, I, or I care what how people were responding to me, or judging me, like, I've never really, I feel like I should be able to define my own, like, what beauty means to me, and not what the world defines beauty as, and I feel like maybe now that I've gotten married, maybe I've, I've put a lot, of, a lot more thought into how I look, or whatever. And why did you do that? Just because of my husband, right? You know, just because of my husband. Because you cared about what someone yeah, thought? Because, yeah, because I cared about what he thought, but not the world, mm-hmm. and, and I was like, and I think at that time, like, even before I got married, like, you know, I was always been like, you know, I don't want the world to control how I see myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'd rather, like, my hair, like, my nappy hair, my natural hair, like, I was natural even before it became a thing. Mm-hmm. And not and not so, not so not because, like, oh, I'm trying to be healthy, but I wanted to accept myself in my rawest yeah. form. You know, I want, I, it, was, it wasn't even about the world, it was about me. Like, I wanted, because it's so easy for the world to to swindle how you see yourself absolutely you know what i'm saying and for me like i knew that i needed to learn how to appreciate myself in my own warrior's form because if i was waiting for the world to do that man i would be like i i know how i'd react i know yeah. i know how i can but i had to be like you know what i can't wait for the world and now that you know okay i met my husband in my raw's form now i can put in thought about how i do things because i've appreciated myself for me yeah. and not what the world has defined me to look like that's what my friends see me hey, they say marriage is good on you this i'm like okay i'm not doing this like okay like even before that like i already like i don't i don't feel this make me feel some type of way yeah and like when my husband like sometimes like he would joke and be like you know he would say some things and i'll be like well you're not gonna make me feel any type of way like yeah. you're not gonna make me feel you know I guess less than how I feel about myself yeah. you know like I'm going to like I'm going to control how I feel about me yeah you know what I'm saying and like you know every now and then like I want him to look at me in a certain way but for sure I don't want that to like I won't do something because I feel like I'm not you know good enough for him yeah you know, I'm not but I want to make sure I'm good enough for myself and I feel comfortable in myself and that's something that I had to you know like 
I needed to learn how to do so I can do that for my daughter. Because yeah. I don't I don't want my daughter to feel like the world has to dictate yeah. what beauty looks for her. Because yeah. it's going to be a hard road out there. Yeah. And it's hard. I've seen women who, like, you know, they get depressed, they get sad because, you know, they don't look... You know they don't look up. They don't look the standards that the world defines for them. For sure, it's a you hard know? thing. To it's avoid. it's hard. It, it's Especially it's hard to avoid. Yeah, this and, and I can't imagine with world. social media and all that stuff. So so it was even more important yeah. for me to like you know to accept me in my rawest form before the world has to choose. Yeah. Because what I put out is what the world is gonna have to take, yeah. whether you like it or not. And if I come looking like a like a ten or a, or whatever the world, then that's fine. But at least I can say that when I'm naked, when I'm just me in my rawest form, yeah. and I can look myself in the eye and say you know Kosi like you look damn good yeah what about with what about with men like do you think the same pressures or the same experience when it comes to colorism happens with men I feel like it's the opposite yeah, I in know. Yeah. I feel like it's actually like dark handsome. skin. Yeah, tall, dark, <laughs> handsome. Like, you know, like, I feel like light skinned dudes, they, 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 they ain't no love for real. Yeah, they cry. Yeah, they, yeah, they cry like we are. Like, yeah. us dark skinned. Like, they, yeah. you know, so I, I, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know how that happened. Right. Um, but then again, you know, um, I don't know if this is correct. I don't know if this is correct. I don't know, but that's, I don't even want to say it because, you know, this is, this is going live. But Tay Diggs. Yeah. I, I don't know. I might be wrong, but didn't he have a complexity with his own complexion? Um, I think it was his whole race. <laughs> he said he yeah. was going to raise his biracial son um, to not necessarily identify as black. Like, mm-hmm. as th- let him have the choice of, like, you know, white or black kind of thing. Now I, feel, now, I feel like dark-skinned men, like younger dark-skinned men, like younger dark-skinned mm-hmm. boys... They may have like the issues that we have, but when I mean, they get older and they, you know they look yeah. better, like you know they're good, or they if they they happen to be handsome according to right. society standards that they're good. But I know there was a man, I don't remember him. I don't know. His, I don't know anything about. It. I just remember like you know he was a dark skinned brother, but he intentionally married a black. I mean a light skinned woman. He intentionally married a light skinned woman so that his children doesn't have to go through what he went through. That's the stuff up. that really kills me. You when know people do that, like that's the like the yeah. avoid so, dark skin. So is so so rude. so so there <laughs> so are rude. men who, and I mean, same thing in Nigeria too. Like you yeah, know, there sure. are a lot of men who marry light skin so that their children don't have to go through what they went through. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who change their names so that their kids don't have to go through what they went through. You know what I'm saying? In terms mm-hmm. of, like being made fun of, or you know. So I think for men, maybe maybe not, maybe society may not put as much pressure for them, but they. I mean, they feel the need to, I guess they haven't gotten to a place where they're comfortable in who they are. Yeah. And they can change that narrative for yeah. their children, you know, by marrying someone who's lighter than them so that their children don't have to have that same story. But then again, I mean, how do they work to accept who they are? Yeah. That's something I don't know because, you know, I'm used to seeing dark-skinned men being glorified, like, you know... People like my brothers, you know, people like the people. Your brother also has six pack abs, but but, but yes, that's that's yeah. So yeah, so 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 I I would love to know what it's like for a a dark skinned man who is well packaged, you know, to the world, six pack abs, muscle versus a dark skinned man, a dark skinned man who is not as present, I guess, who is not as packaged. Okay. To see, like, to compare, like, you know, what their experience is like. Well, that's, and that's one thing I would say. I don't think, well, that's, okay. Because that's, I feel like the men that are, the dark skin men that are glorified, the ones that are, like, chiseled. But I think that's all people. Like, I think 
because I and that's one thing I will say with colorism, right? Like, so there's this, there's have you heard of hypergamy? I don't know. Anyways, it's a whole thing around like being feminine and being on beauty and debutante, and that's all cool, and and some other things with it. But one of the things that there's this girl who this woman who talks about it says is that okay, though, and this is something that I can say for sure, like you being dark skin and and feeling like a victim is one level, and it's, it's valid and it's fair, but it doesn't mean that you're going to like. To be attractive, no matter what complexion, I still think takes effort. So, like, a dark-skinned guy who is, like, out of shape and not as packaged versus a dark-skinned guy who's chiseled is not going to really, I don't think, going to draw as much difference as a light-skinned guy. Like, or a guy who's fat and chis- versus a chiseled one. Like, if you look good, you look good. Like, even a dark-skinned girl. Like, they're, they're not, like, less attractive <laughs> or less packaged dark-skinned girls and and well, nice dark skin girls, and, I can, and with light skin girls, same thing. Like beauty is a spectrum in general, so I don't, I don't think it's a like, I don't think all people should just accept a dark skin girl and find them all sexy because they're dark skin. No, she still should dress and look nice and take care of herself and be sexy and be, you know, keep her body shape for her size, whatever the case may be. Like you still need to be attractive. Mm-hmm. I think the the thing is when that you don't even get to get to that point. <laughs> just off of complexion feels very unfair to me um but the like for instance i remember a guy so me and my best friend one of my best friends is really really light skin light eyes very very light skin and a guy was um talking to her and um he said to her he said um it was like a group of girls and he was like yeah i know you're married because you're light skin and this was i mean we were late 20 yeah that's the mentality and the truth is she was and in the group of us she was everyone else was more melanated not even as dark as me but like more melanated um she was a married one value this is how they see value and like and the guy i don't know maybe he was cinnamon he wasn't any cinnamon cinnamon. like he wasn't any you know dark or light either way on the spectrum but it's just like that mentality is so weird for me and i don't know if men go through that i don't think anyone looks at a man on any end of the spectrum and wonders like how valuable he is based on his complexion you know what i no, mean I like so. i don't think so because I, I think i don't think so because i feel like you know yeah i mean y'all can come for me if you want but <laughs> it's the man that chooses they decide Factor. you know whether they light or dark you know yep. they decide who they you know I yep. mean, we decide too but not really yeah they decide yeah you know? so i don't think i mean i don't think that goes the same and i feel like a lot of things like you want things to kind of be equal but i think some things just go and move in one direction you know that doesn't necessarily mean that okay if this because it happens to this side it's going to happen to that side you know i feel like in that regard nah i don't i don't think so because they choose yeah they choose going back to the continent do you think um do you think you know so we all we have these these this marriage culture this you know wedding culture back home um and kind of relating to the comment i i just mentioned do you think there's still a high preference for fair-skinned women on the continent than there is now i mean just even like that i made advertisements and beauty industry and things like that i mean when you go on bella Nigel, you see all kinds of shades yeah i'm saying but you know these are people that have they're doing well for themselves, yeah. you know, they have money on both ends, you know, they're, they're of a different status, they're a different level, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? And I think that all plays a role, mm-hmm. but I think when it comes to, like, people of a lower, of a lower um, status, you know, I think it's a little bit, it's different. Yeah. 
you know, because um, like when I was, I, I noticed this when I was mainly like in the villages, mm-hmm. okay, um, where the the men were, dark skinned men were marrying light skinned women, you know, but then um, you see people. You see people like in Abuja, right? People that, you know, well-to-do. They mm-hmm. can, you know, they're both a light-skinned dude marrying a dark-skinned woman. Yeah. You know, I was very shocked, you know? Mm-hmm. I was very shocked. Yeah, it shocked me. I was surprised because, like, you know, I was just thinking, okay, like, you know, I'm used to seeing, yeah. you know, lighter, I mean, darker men marrying lighter women, but I saw the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And even, like, you know, I'm darker than my husband, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, there was a part of me that was like, oh, wow, okay, that's interesting. Like, you know, that's different. Like, I, I, I did, you just you just have that mentality. Oh, okay. Oh, wow, really? But then his mom. I've is, always but his mother, dated a lighter guys. <laughs> his mother is a dark-skinned woman. Okay. So it kind of made sense. It kind of yeah. made sense. So I was like, oh, okay, I can see that. His father did exactly the same thing too. Like his father married a, li- a darker woman, and then he ended up marrying a darker woman. Then and you know, then he was. That's so interesting. Um, I I wonder about that too, because like I mean that that hasn't been my experience. So even like you know, um, the one of the last people I dated. I mean the last actually the last few people, their mother have all been light skinned mm-hmm. like light yellow. And they've been, like, a fairly brown person, but they prefer dark-skinned guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I get the guys who, like, prefer dark-skinned guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, dark-skinned women. Um, and I wonder... And that was that is something that I've always kind of valued. And, and I got to learn about the men, like, mature man perspective, which is that, like, a man will like what is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for the most part. There are some who, I think, hold their ignorances. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how much of that is truly, like, a form of Oedipus, right? So what their mother looks like. Or how much of that is they are just actually really practicing self-hate, which I think a lot of is sometimes what we see with the dark skin choosing the light skin. Um, and there's always the blanket, like everyone has a preference. I, I actually think the bigger theory when it comes to attraction is you date closer to what you last dated um, is what you find the most attractive next. Like mm-hmm. physically, like, I don't know, in my life, my exes tend to have a stream of some things that are similar physically. <laughs> my friend the other's like, you never date anybody who doesn't have six pack abs. I'm like, huh. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but I didn't mean to. That wasn't a thought. You know, but I just think there are some things that like though like themes. I think that connects it more. But I, I'm interested in what makes preferences when it comes to that, right? I think people, you know, they have their preferences and I'm interested in what influences a person's a preference when it comes to attraction. Is it really just what's beautiful or is it something deeper in their subconscious yeah but i don't i don't think they allow themselves to kind of get into the subconscious to the to their own subconscious yeah you know because they might even, they might not even they might not even think about it but yeah. they, it, they, it's just what they're drawn to yeah maybe when you sit down with them and have a deep conversation and they'll start to kind of see like okay you know like for me i've been i've you know been attracted to people that were dark like that mm. looked like me um, mm-hmm. just so that, you know, I would have kids that looked like me. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So that I can be able to teach them, you know, to appreciate yeah. their dark skin. Question. What if you had a light-skinned girl? Then that's fine. Apparently, I just found out today. Well, first of all, my mom was light-skinned. Yeah. I'm just saying. That's what I was like. What if you had... You know, yeah. you were grandparents. Oh, yeah. But it could and just then, happen. And then, no, and that's fine. Like, I'm like I'm open to the changes that can happen. But at the end of the day, it's not, not going to change that you want. You know, you... you you have like, oh, this is what I would like. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've been talking about this like for the longest. You know, Do you think point, that's just as bad as a light-skinned mom saying she 
wish she had a light skinned daughter? No, because the world, because of because of the way the world treats a light skinned girl versus yeah. the way tre- the world treats a dark skinned girl is completely different. <laughs> like, because we're the minority, not the minority, but like I, I don't know the, what you want to call it, but it's different. It's it's it's, it's, it's very different. It's, yeah. it's very different. And you know, like if you don't have someone who's gonna speak life to you, who's gonna yeah. let you know appreciate, you know, like my mom wasn't able to do for me because she couldn't ever relate. Yeah, you know, she sure. was light, so I was like, I want to be able to do that for my child, my yeah. daughter, and if she likes me. She Gucci, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna let you just don't let it get <laughs> to your Gucci. head. No, just, just don't let it get to your head. Mm-hmm. Don't, 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 don't know who you are. Don't allow this to to get to you because then you distract yourself. You don't want to. See, but that's a little bit of a prejudice too that you're kind of saying. You're assuming that because your daughter is light skinned she's going to feel confident. She can have another. I know a lot of light skinned girls, and I actually know one in particular who would be like, I. I liken my experience to a dark-skinned girl in this country for other reasons, mm-hmm. right? And so, I've heard assuming, say that. yeah, so, you know, why would you start the message with the word, like, don't let it get to your head? Why not let it get to your head? It's yeah, not, yeah, nothing's yeah, wrong with the, in my opinion, nothing's wrong with a confident, light-skinned black woman. Absolutely. No. It's just that if there's a black, a dark-skinned black woman, she should be able to feel like she can be just as confident. But I don't. I, I think, wouldn't I think, think for me, take I think it away for me, from like it. you know, like where I'm, where I'm going with with this is, you know, because it's easy to allow it to get to your head, right? That you forget to even focus on who you are, yeah. know who you are, because at the end of the day, like you know, this external that you see is not going to be forever. Like that is the truth. Like it's not going to last long. You know what I'm saying? But you want to be able to be solidified in who you are, you know. So God forbid when all that fades away. You know, you have something to still stand on. That's where I'm coming from. Because it's easy to get distracted. I, like, I love that word, distracted. It's easy to get distracted by what the world... Because it's easy for the world to boost you up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you get carried away. Yeah. That's an honest thing. Like, you get carried away. And, like, you can get carried, but I need you to know who you are. I need you to be confident in who you are internally, not on this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and even, and even, and both even, daughters, and, right? Yeah, both daughters. Both, both but, kinds of yeah, versions both, both, have. both versions of daughters, but especially, but more so, like, the lighter one, because she's going to be treated... If I, ha- if I have a daughter that's light-skinned and a daughter that's dark-skinned, mm-hmm. I will not treat them differently, right? Okay. But the world is going to treat them differently. Okay. And then in, in that turn, I'm going to have to teach this one, like, hey, like, I know the world is telling you one thing, and it's you know if it it sounds good, it tastes good, yeah. But don't allow that to get to your head. Mm. I'm gonna have to change that whole narrative in my household. That's how I see it. That's how I see it. Because even my sister, like you know, like she already like we already like blacky blacky whitey whitey. Mm-hmm. You know, she's what I'm not saying? that light though. <laughs> she's not even no, light. She's not even like, like medium. See, so you didn't know her growing up. Okay. Nigeria, we live in Nigeria, so that changes. That, that that made her darker. Her and Kachi, if you see Kachi's baby picture, or even when he was up to like five. They're probably just meant to be dark. Got, I mean, people live in Nigeria and come back with this light skin. Like who? Like everyone who's light skin who lives in Nigeria. People don't just, this, Nigeria doesn't automatically make you dark. We have light people there. So the sun, like, my mother, no, but, no, your but, mother. No, no, but. Is he but, but, didn't turn dark? Yes, I, I get that, I get that. But it doesn't change the fact that growing up, we look different. Yeah. Growing up, we look different. Growing gotcha. up, my brother and my sister were much fairer than me and my brother ever were. Got you. You know what I'm saying? So even now, like, yeah, I mean, it. you, you can't really tell the difference, at least from my, me and my last one were pretty dark, but at yeah. least the other two, they look brown skin. Yeah. You know, but you would never know that they were lighter growing up. Oh, my bad. You would yeah. never know that they were lighter growing up. But, um, you know, it just treated, yeah, it, it just I changed the that. way that we, treat, we treated each other. Got you. You know what I'm saying? There was already a separation. 
you know, the mm-hmm. light ones hung out together and the dark skin <laughs> ended so up crazy. having to, yeah, it's crazy, yeah. right? And, the, and you know, my mom was never really around to like, you know, you know, manage that. Yeah, manage that, you know what I'm saying? Because she was constantly working. So I already saw that. And even back home, ah, see this fair one, you know, everybody's blind. And then the family family was, you know what I'm saying? But, but they don't know any brother. Even my mom's family too, like, you know, my mom and her younger sister, her three younger sisters, they're all fair. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then my aunt is like, she's my complexion. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I can't even imagine like how it was for her growing up. Yeah. To, for her to get to a place where, because I mean, you can't, like you have three sisters that are way lighter than you and here you are, you know, and they quit to call you the black sheep. They quit to call, and then they, 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 call you, they call you black beauty. Black beauty is a horse. <laughs> oh, was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true, that's true. But I mean, yeah, I mean, they mean well, but I mean, I don't know what they mean, but. Yeah. So just so just that whole, like, you know, being able, like, in that household, like, how do you even, like, manage it? And you have to manage that. You can't yeah. treat them both the same. And as much as, yeah, you would like to, but the world is going to treat them differently. They have to know that. Okay, the world is going to teach you this, but I'm going to teach you this. And you hmm. have to. You have to be able to balance both. That's of an interest. That's a really. I, I'm. I'm listening to you, and that's an interesting. It's an interesting statement, and I actually, I don't know if I agree with it or disagree with it yet, but I actually am interested in those who listen to this episode. Just like, what is the thoughts about like, what if you were hypothetically had to raise a dark skinned child and a light skinned child? Would you, what would be the messaging? Would you treat them differently? Would you? To have different messages for them, which I think more is what mm-hmm. you're trying to say. Um, would you not, right? Like, what would you do with that? I, I need to think on that a little bit because, yeah, um, yeah that's just something I I thought about. What if I've had a, a light skin, like a girl who was lighter, or what if I had? Because I mean, it's definitely. I mean, my my grand great grand I'm sorry, my grand great grandmother was Portuguese, straight up. So like. Fair skin could easily happen depending on who I marry, depending on what genes sit down the, <laughs> the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, just I found out my grandfather, I have, my dad's dad, was hella light skin. Yeah. Like Igbo light skin. Like yeah. Like, Igbo light skin. Yeah. Like, I have uncles who have light eyes. Now, okay, so there's a possibility I might have a kid yeah, who's light. who might be that light. And that's fine. Like, yeah. You know, we have the conversation too. Yeah. Um, so I, I have not thought about that in that, the two dynamics. And, and in my mind, I, I want to raise a certain type of woman with a certain type of message. And it wouldn't different differentiate. There would have been um, some extra loving. I would have just made, I would have paid attention, I think, more to what the experience of the dark-skinned girl um, would be to make sure that if she's to see that there was any aligning trauma that I experienced that she could be going through to make sure that I speak to it. Um, that was the most that I would think of it as a different thing, paying a little bit more attention to that, to um, tr- trauma in the way of the complexionism. But the beauty message, I think, would be the same. I-, I still need to think about just like what I think the world would be telling my daughter. I'm hoping that in general, we evolve as a people <laughs> um, so that the message to a black woman is more uniform to, to, um, no matter what she looks like. Um, and that is both on sides. I mean, back in the day, you used to call somebody fat. Now, you, if you're getting shamed for calling somebody too skinny, right? And there's body shaming can go both ways on the spectrum where before you can never be too skinny, right? <laughs> um, but now it's a, it's a huge thing to talk about someone who could be experiencing anorexia or bulimia or just any kind of body consciousness. People are committing suicide all the time who are under certain weights just because they didn't feel valuable. So, I mean, being thick is cool and cute. You know what I mean? And people are feeling like, I don't got a butt. There's always these criticisms for women. And so, um, 
learning and figuring out both moms and dads too because I think like I said what I didn't I got some stuff from from other girls for sure who were trying to impress guys but the first attacks that I got colorism came from men right so how are you training your sons to Mm -hmm. to view women and how fathers speaking to their daughters about their beauty I looked like my dad but he married a light-skinned woman (laughs) you know what I mean so where am I getting validation that like men will find me beautiful Mm -hmm. and those ages and stages where you do need that right like you do it's cute when you're 13 to have a crush on somebody you want to believe they're gonna like you back like and when you're not getting that how do you still feel valuable and and who and how do we start to teach ourselves those messages so that's something that I definitely want to hear from you guys if you listen to this episode just how would you raise your children given a a conflict in their complexion if you've just had two different ones, I'm interested in what you guys say there. Um, but to end on a high note, because we're running up against time, I think um, I would love to, you know, the the positive thing. This is this was an intense conversation because I think I just lo- I love the topic because I like to hear how people think about it. And I like to hear um, what people's experiences are. And obviously it's you and I, but even you and I have very different experiences and very different views on it. Mm-hmm. And so even just hearing Lupita, I was very shocked. She's so confident. I was shocked that she even... Still, I never remember her her speech actually at the NAACP awards and should have reminded me. But because I've still seen her in so many beauty things and she's yeah. just this beauty symbol, I, I mean, forgot. She's, the bar up, though. I huh? mean, she's continuing where Alec Weck, you know. Uh, there's plenty of people and the thing Naomi is Campbell. there's so many in between that even if you're just not even super high because those are still like appointed by white people beauty I want us to appoint the black beauty. those are appointed by white people that's the fashion industry Vogue and all things appoint these people as beautiful we recognize it but a lot of times it's appointed I I wonder I want to see there's a lot of beautiful dark skinned women that if you opened up Essence magazine you would see a lot of but no one talked about them for years because they weren't appointed by like the high end vogues and things like I like what you know because of Vogue you know from kind of high end fashion right mm-hmm. Naomi Campbell high end fashion but what about some of the people who have been in in like, some of our more urban stuff right that we may not even value as much because again it's kind of like where it depends on what stream of to what channel you're being um, mentioned as beautiful on, right? And so that's why I can still see Lupita still having doubts because it's like, yeah, all these people say, but like if I'm in the like depth of Kenya, <laughs> right, and I'm just around my people, would they still call me beautiful? You know what I mean? And you 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 come up across those questions, I think, in your mind. But um, but one like one person who I think I'm really impressed with who is part of our community who has done strides to kind of really highlight beauty and represents us is Rihanna, right? With the Fenty line. Oh, that was one of the first... Oh, he's right for sure, but she's, she, you know, for sure. I mean, definitely, right? Um, but Rihanna just... Because Rihanna doesn't have... She's light-skinned with light eyes. She's winning from the light. I mean, she's definitely the type of person where, like, the light-skinned thing is working for her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but she came up with this makeup line, and it hits spectrums. Deeper and darker than... Anyone I've even seen in her family except for her grand her her great grandmother, mm-hmm. who passed away. Skin, dark, skin dark skin, but her mother's um, definitely darker than her. Yeah, darker than her. She's dark skin. She's probably around like our complexion. But she went as far as a ducky and putting like some of these really international beauty dark people on her on a makeup line and push a lot of these other brands to do it too. So that to mm-hmm. me is just like really really dope. I love seeing like people like stand for the spectrum. That's my whole thing. I actually want colorism to become such a smaller conversation because it's just about beauty on a spectrum. 
And I think um, men have to participate in that too as well. I love seeing like a Burna Boy video and a Jadena video because they do the spectrum of beauty. Mm -hmm. So you'll see a light, you'll see a dark, you'll see 4C hair, you'll see 3A hair. And I love that kind of like, like just appreciation. And so I, I wonder what else can we do to reduce this stigma or this concept of colorism as something um, in our community? What is something that you think we could do? I think it starts from us building up the next generation. Yes. Uh, so, like you know, this uh, you know, ours and above. Like we're two in our, we're two in our, we're two. Um, what's the word? We're too overcooked. <laughs> you know, overcooked in our own ideologies, yeah. in our own you know ways of thinking. That it's hard to kind of shift it. Yeah. But you know, I think that's why I feel like it's so intentional to you know focus on the next generation you know because they will be the ones who will make the difference you know yeah. and we have to be intentional about that you know I'm so big on that that's why I'm not like I'm not even worried about I ain't even worried about what's going on I'm worried about what's coming after yeah. what's coming after me you know so I feel like that's you know that's the way we we, we gotta do it yeah I love that I think that's actually a great because you know and, you know in as much as you know we they learn from us we also learn from us we also learn from them as well yeah, that's so true. Um, I think for me, and and I'm gonna just speak as a creative. I think one of the things that I think is really powerful in helping to reduce just any kind of negative stigma mentality mindset um, in any community is through art and through creation. Um, I think about just Issa Rae and what she's done, right, to just create a whole movement when it comes to being um, opening up more opportunities for different kinds of Black women, right, by casting two dark-skinned Black women as leads in a show on a major network, right? And so um, I think that is something that we should all keep in mind, those of us who create any kind of thing, blogs, work, talks, books, writing, art, acting, whatever you do, think about the whole spectrum. I'm not saying this specifically only for dark-skinned women or anything, but but create and think from a, a, a place of spectrum and, and think about the different ways in which all dark, I mean, all black people <laughs> can contribute to a story um, in various ways and be dynamic in that thinking and create. Because I, again, um, one of the things that I think that, if we we talked about our daughters and our children and and I think if we have content that they can see <laughs> that has the right messages and has various casting right if they can sit down and watch a sitcom and it be a array of different kids I think there's there's not much we're going to have to have that conversation yeah, about right and I so agree. um so that's important. So, but I think this was a good conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, a little bit more serious than last episode, but as always, we want to make sure that you guys are growing, as Sochi said, um, feeling encouraged. Um, and like that, we connect with you for all of your experiences. So love to hear what you guys have to say about this topic. Definitely love to hear if you guys could answer the question around how would you raise your children um, if you had a light-skinned one, if you had a dark-skinned one. I think that's a really interesting concept. Um, and yeah, and we'll be talking to you next time. Good night. All right, cheers.